Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final from Target Field in Minnesota. In extra innings, it's the Minnesota Twins 5, the Cleveland Indians 4. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And this one, man, this was a long game, or maybe it just felt like that because they started an hour later there in the central time zone, but... This was, wasn't was a slugfest between two teams. It was more like a really sloppy boxing match between two guys that you know snuck a few blows in there throughout the game. Uh, both teams had their struggles. Both teams made mistakes. Both teams made mistakes that led to runs. And, you know, eventually the Minnesota Twins kind of come out on top of this uh, you know, it was more like a slap fight than it was a boxing match at times. So let's get into it. I mean, the Twins had four errors on the day. Four errors. Uh, Polanco had one. Jax uh, had one on a pickoff throw. Cave had one where he overran a ball in center field. And Simmons even had one in the, uh, was that in the, his 10th, oh, it was his 10th error. Um, Simmons had one who's a very sure-handed shortstop. So tons of errors all around for them. For the Indians, the error goes to Jimenez on a throw. Um, so yeah, it was just a strange game. Quantrill was not very locked in. And he has been arguably one of the best starters in baseball since the All-Star break. And he just hasn't been able, to, was not able to lock it in last night. All right, so let's get into the storylines. Get Let's get into the details. First, really quick at the top of the show, if you want some merch, some Cleveland Baseball Mornings merch, we've got T-shirts, we've got hoodies. The coffee mugs are coming. For some reason, the design for the coffee mugs is stuck in review. But I promise you, because what would Cleveland Baseball Mornings be without coffee mugs? So they're on their way. But right now, there's a 15% off on the shop. It's Cleveland Baseball Mornings dot myspreadshop.com a bunch of people put in orders yesterday which is awesome and i can't wait to see what this stuff looks like i my shirts are on their way i should get mine in the next few days and uh yeah if you want to support the show if you want to spread the word of the show go to cleveland baseball mornings dot myspreadshop.com for merch and it's in the show description it's my pin tweet on twitter at davy barris so plenty of ways for you to easily find it just look in the show description all right, so the storylines of this game. Man, where do we start on this one? I guess we got to start with Cal Quantrill. And Quantrill really has. He really has been one of the best starters. And it, he just couldn't lock in on this one. He only goes five innings. He fights his way through five innings. Gives up eight hits, three earned runs, a walk, four strikeouts, and a home run, which was the solo home run to start the game. Literally the leadoff hitter, Max Kepler, to start the game. And when he exits this game, the Indians did score in the top of the fifth to tie it up. So when he exits this game after the bottom of the fifth, it's a tie game, 3-3. In fact, uh, the Indians score run in the top of the sixth. So technically, he was in line for the win until Garza gave up the home run uh, that he gave up in that uh, sixth inning. So... Uh, he was in line for a win when he leaves, which is surprising. He's only hard hit 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times on 92 pitches. But if you go over to the illustrator here, you can see that the fastball and the sinker and the changeup are just nowhere near the strike zone. The only pitch that he was pounding the strike zone with was a slider. And clearly he had a conversation with Austin Hedges and said, look, man, I'm feeling the slider. I'm not feeling much else because he throws the slider 41 times, 41 times. I do not remember him ever throwing the uh, the slider that many times. In fact, let's go over to his Fangraphs page here and uh, let's see if it's updated from yesterday's game. It is. So he was averaging, he threw the slider 44% of the time yesterday. They combined the sinker and the fastball into just fastballs over here on Fangraphs. So he threw the fastball or the sinker 40% of the time, 40.2, and the slider 44.6% of the time. And I can tell you, going back to jumping back to baseball savant, that he threw the forcing fastball 21 times, the sinker only 16 times. He averages on the season 26.9% sliders. And he was up at 44.6 yesterday. So either something in the scouting report told him that the Twins cannot hit sliders, or, which they put nine in play, or that was the only pitch he had a good feel for, for throwing strikes. Because he clearly wasn't getting the fastball or the sinker or the changeup really into the zone, leaving everything from the catcher's view off to the left side of the plate. You know, for a righty, he's just not getting it to the zone. Now, the slider was okay for him. It had a 34% CSW, uh, only three whiffs on 17 swings, so not a ton of swing and miss, but he was getting 11 called strikes on the slider. So he was using that slider effectively to get strikes, but he was behind in a lot of these at-bats. The home run to, uh, to Max Kepler, he was behind. Uh, that Donaldson, the single off of him, he was behind. That ricochets off his arm, he was behind on him. So he really, really uh, struggled to get ahead of hitters, and that left him in a tough situation where the Indians were just getting hit around last night. In fact, the Indians give up 14 hits on the day. Uh, but luckily, it only turns into five runs. Why? Because of double plays. Uh, three double plays turned yesterday, and I know at least two of these are credited to Cal Quantrill pitching on the mound. In fact, he assists with one of them. He he did, he does a great job of getting a comebacker to him and turning and firing a strike to Ramirez, who in the shift was covering second base, who throws across to Miller for the out. And then uh, Ahmed Rosario turns one to Jimenez, to Miller, and uh, they get a uh, they get a second double play. And then the last double play was actually turned in the 10th inning where Jose Ramirez, with the bases loaded, takes one himself, tags third base, and fires home to Hedges, who tags the runner coming home. So it looked like a game-saving double play at the moment. We will get into the results of that. But yeah, Quantrill gets two double plays to get out of all these hits. So those really saved him and got him through those five innings. Uh, so yeah, so... Quantrill, while we're talking about him, and we're going to jump away from this game for a second, and honest to God, he has been going over to Fangraphs. He has been since the All-Star break. So I'm just looking at data from the middle of July 
you know, when the All-Star break was, July 15th when they started playing games again, all the way to today. And Quantrill has thrown the most starts of anyone in baseball. He's got seven starts. Everybody else is at six. Um, he's 2-0 and in that time, 41 innings pitched, which I also believe is the most innings pitched, right up there with Walker Bueller. And uh, when you look at some of the stats, he ranks right up there at the top for a lot of these. And it's kind of fun, so I'm going to go through a couple of stats here and tell you where the Indians pitchers lay. Uh, when it comes to ERA, he is now fourth. After yesterday, he's now fourth with a 1.76 ERA. Walker Bueller is leading that at 1.34 ERA. Uh, James Tallion from the Yankees and Marco Gonzalez from Seattle are both above him. And uh, Corbin Burns from Milwaukee is right behind him when it comes to ERA. So Quantrill does. He's the only Indian starting pitcher that ranks in the top 30 when it comes to ERA. Now, what about FIP, fielding and independent pitching? Remember, that has strikeouts, walks, home runs. It's made to look like an ERA. Corbin Burns is dominating the league there at 1.86. He's the only one in the league under two. Uh, it's not as great when it comes to that because Quantrill doesn't really strike out as many. He comes in 19th in that. Again, the only Indians pitcher in the top 30. When we go to some of the advanced stats here, um, I think in the strikeout-to-walk ratio, there's a high Cleveland Indians pitcher, and it's actually Tristan McKenzie, not uh, Cal Quantrill. Uh, Tristan McKenzie comes in at... Number nine in baseball when it comes to the strikeout-to-walk ratio because he is not walking a lot of guys. He's at 5.17 strikeouts-to-walk. Leading that would be Kyle Freeland from Colorado with Corbin Burns right behind him at seven. They're both over seven. Um, When it comes to batting average against, batting average against, there is some high-ranking Cleveland Indians here. Cal Quantrill comes in at eighth. Walker Bueller is leading this at a 175 batting average against. Uh, Quantrill and Tristan McKenzie are back to back at eight and nine. A 204 batting average against Quantrill, a 206 batting average against Tristan McKenzie. Now, I told you McKenzie is not walking a lot of guys right now, which is the reason why he is one of the leaders in Major League Baseball right now when it comes to whip. Walks, hits per inning pitched. And he is at a 0.94 whip. That is fantastic. Third in baseball. Adam Wainwright, the veteran, is leading baseball since the All-Star break with a 0.84 whip. And uh, Marco Gonzalez from Seattle, 0.9. And then Tristan McKenzie is 0.94. Where does Quantrill check in on the 17th at 1.07? Uh, so yeah, great. Tristan McKenzie jumping up in a few of these categories here. Uh, another fun one here is ERA minus. So you've heard us talk about all those ERA plus stats, right? Where league average is set to a hundred. Well, this is the uh, same thing. ERA minus league average is set to a hundred. So you want to be below that. You want to have a lower score than a hundred. Quantrill comes in at third in baseball at uh, 39 on this. Walker Bueller, James Tallion from New York, and then Cal Quantrill, then Marco Gonzalez from Seattle, and Corbin Burns. You're seeing a pattern here. Uh, so yeah, so really doing a good job of limiting runs there compared to the rest of the league. Uh, so that's a really fun way of looking at that. 
win probability added. Come on, let's see who's leading baseball when it comes to starting pitchers and win probability added. Cal Quantrill comes in at third. He's the only Indian starting pitcher in the top 30. Comes in at third with 1.19. He's got Marco Gonzalez and Walker Bueller ahead of him. Walker Bueller leading the league at 1.40. And then how about RE24? Do you remember RE24? We've talked about it before. This is another one of those advanced stats. This is run expectancy based on the 24 possible scenarios that a pitcher can find themselves in, right? Runner on first, one out. Bases loaded, two outs. All those different situations. There's 24 of them. And then what is the run expectancy? What does he let up runs based on those situations? So another good you know, stat for kind of comparing how effective pitchers have been. And Cal Quantrill actually comes in second in the league in this one, right behind Walker Bueller. Bueller's at 13.68. Quantrill is at 13.55. Those guys are way ahead of the pace. Uh, Marco Gonzalez and Robbie Ray are both in the 10s on that one. Again, the only Indians pitcher in the top 30. And let's go even deeper. Why not? Let's get deeper into the stats here. When it comes to the pitch value, who's got the best fastball since the All-Star break? That would go to Max Fried in Atlanta, whose weighted value of his fastball is at 6.9. The best Indians fastball would be Quantrill, actually, at 3.0 value on his fastball. Uh, He's the only Indians pitcher in the top 30 there. Uh, You would think McKenzie's fastball would be up there. I guess not. Uh, For a slider, it's uh, Walker Bueller leading the way. Cal Quantrill is actually third in baseball when it comes to slider behind Lance McCullers Jr., uh, and Quantrill is up there. Plesak is up there with his slider at 3.4 value. Um, and then who else is on this list? McKenzie at 0.7. McKenzie's fastball is actually at negative 2.3. It's not that effective for him when it comes to this weighted value. Um, when it comes to a curveball, that's where McKenzie shines. Charlie Morton is dominating with his curveball. So is Wayne Wright. Uh, Tristan McKenzie comes in an eighth in baseball. Uh, for the value on his curveball. And I believe it's no Plesak is of 21st on that list. And then change up. Let's look at change up to why not while we're here. It's Marco Gonzalez is dominating with his change up for an Indians pitcher. Cal Quattrill's change up is actually 10th in baseball at 1.7. Uh, Marco Gonzalez was up at 4.4. Uh, so yeah, so the only Indian starter with an effective change up, uh, you know, in this leaderboard in the top 30. So, all right, there you go. So that lets you know how good Cal Quantrill really is against the rest of the starters in Major League Baseball. He struggles last night, a couple of timely strikeouts, a couple of timely double plays gets him out of it. All right, so let's talk about some of these runs scored in this game because some of these runs have interesting storylines within themselves. Uh, obviously, a solo home run for the Twins to lead things off for Max Kepler. Look, gets ahead, gets an inside fastball, and turns on it and absolutely smokes it. He hits it 106.5 miles per hour, 35-degree launch angle, 392 feet. You got to hit it high to get over the wall there in right center field, and he puts it way up in the seats there. Then Bradley Zimmer would answer. Bradley Zimmer, after a Fermil Reyes walk to lead off the second inning, Zimmer goes 110.3 miles per hour to dead center field. 
446 feet. Forget about it. Bradley Zimmer, my God. When this guy wants to unload on a pitch, this guy unloads on a pitch. And let's see where the location was of this Zimmer home run. He basically shows them two fastballs in a row that are in and at the belt. The first one he takes for the called strike, and he comes right back in the same zone, in the same location, and he absolutely cranks this one. And it's good to see Zimmer turning on an inside fastball like this, right? Not getting blown away by an inside fastball, turning and cranking it to center field. And man, we should uh, the average distance and exit velocity per home run, Bradley Zimmer has to be up there in baseball. It's his fifth home run on this season. Because when he gets one, it is a no doubt about it. He doesn't get any cheapies, right? We've seen Jose Ramirez sneak a few over the fence in right field, right? Things that have just barely crept over. Uh, but that's the kind of hitter Jose Ramirez is. He's going to hit it hard. He's going to uh, give it a chance. But Bradley Zimmer, it feels like, has been all no doubt about it home runs. So the Indians take the lead. But they end up giving it right back in that third inning uh, to Minnesota. And like I said, it was just... It was just one of those games where they just kept going back and forth. No team could really get an advantage. I mean, let's look at the win probability line on this one, and it is all over the place, right? It is in everybody's favor at different times in the game. Uh, nobody, I mean, literally until they walk it off in the 10th inning, nobody really takes command of this game. So in the third inning, how did this run go down? Well, Kepler walks to start things out, and that is not a good way to start things out, putting somebody on base right away. Uh, he would get a fly out to right, and then Polanco would hit into a ground out. They'd be able to get Kepler going to second, but they couldn't get Polanco. And then Josh Donaldson would single to center field, a single to center field, and Polanco would come around to score. This is the one where Bradley Zimmer dove for the ball, couldn't quite make the catch, but Straw was backing him up. Gets it into Ahmed Rosario, and Polanco runs through the stop sign at third base. And this is, I mean, you want to talk about very detailed storylines within a game. The throw that Ahmed Rosario makes home to Austin Hedges, one hops him. Which means as Polanco sliding in, his glove is going up. It's going up to take the hop, and then he has to bring it down to make the tag. Can't make the tag. Later in that, later in this game, when uh, Andres Jimenez is rounding third base, a throw will come in from the cutoff man, and this time it's a strike. It's a strike home that Jeffers catches on the fly and immediately applies the tag and nails Andres Jimenez. You want to talk about a storyline within a game. These two plays back-to-back -back are the difference in the game. That Andres Jimenez would have given us, I believe that was in the sixth inning. We'll find out in a second. That would have given us you know, a two-run lead. We probably could have carried that lead through the rest of the game. I mean, this game goes 4-4 into extra innings. It would have been 5-3 Indians if he scores that run. So these two relay throws home from the cutoff man are the difference in this game. And no big fault to Ahmed Rosario. I mean, nobody knew that uh, Polanco was going to be crazy enough to try to score. 
So he's kind of caught off guard, and he does throw, you know, right to Austin Hedges, and normally a one-hop isn't a terrible thing for a catcher, but it was a big hop, and he really had to raise his glove before dropping the tag back down. If he throws a strike there, if he hits him in the chest even, so that his momentum is going down once he catches it, I think they probably nab Polanco and save a run here. So, uh, that is the storyline on that one. They would score again in the fourth inning then to take the lead. Uh, this was on a, uh, a Kepler ground out. Uh, so the inning starts with a Jake Cave double. Again, getting into trouble to lead off an inning, giving up a double right away. Uh, then he hits Jeffers, so it puts runners on first and second. Arnelton Simmons grounds into a force out. Uh, they get Jake Cave goes to third. Ryan Jeffers is out at second. Simmons is safe at first base. And then Kepler would ground into a force out. So they have a chance to turn a double play here, but it's hit into the shift. And because of the shift, they have to make a really bizarre play where Andres Jimenez has to make a really awkward cover of second base. They almost have to cross each other back there. And he just can't get anything on the throw. And Kepler's safe at first, and they score a run. So... It's unfortunate. It could have been another double play, but because of the way they were aligned in the shift, and I don't know if Jose Ramirez could have gotten over and covered second, but uh, Andres Jimenez had to run a long way to cover second. I don't blame anyone on that one. It's just that's what happens when you keep putting yourself in these overshifts, right? You you create really weird situations of who's got to cover second. Um, so yeah, so they get another run there and then the Indians answer back Ahmed Rosario with one out with a huge double to center field. This is the one that Jake cave overruns. And I mean, it's old man softball, but I've been there as an outfielder where you, you see, you know, you can cut this ball off, but you just, you're in a dead sprint and you just can't get the glove down and sprint at the same time. You know, it's like you took one extra step, and your leg is kind of locks you away from the ball. So uh, it, it's so you 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 beat yourself up after the play because you know if you would have just slid, if he probably slides into this ball and just uses his body like a like a defenseman in hockey, you know n- you know knocking a puck down coming to an open net. If he would have just slid into this thing, he probably knocks it down and holds Ahmed Rosario at two. But Ahmed Rosario was on his horse. From the crack of the bat, he knew he had extra bases, and he was going to take every base he could. So he ends up at third base. Uh, maybe a triple, but it's credited as a double and an error. His 20th double on the season, by the way. And then Jose Ramirez, They br- the key to this is by getting to third base with less than two outs, they bring the infield in. Now Jose Ramirez has a chance to smoke a ball to right field with the infield in. In the normal alignment they would use against Jose Ramirez, this is probably a ground out to the second baseman in the shift. It still would have got the run home, but they would have made the out at first base. Instead, uh, it is um, because that second baseman is in, the first baseman is in, he's able to shoot this one through, and he's able to tie the game here in the fifth inning. And what was the exit velocity on this one? 
97.1 mile per hour exit velocity on this single. By the way, Ahmed Rosario's double was at 106.7 mile per hour exit velocity. So there's another thing for Jake Cave to deal with. When this ball was smoked out there to center field, and I'm sure it was really moving through the grass out there. Um, so yeah, so two very hard hit balls back to back tie the game for the Indians. And then uh, the Indians would go on to take the lead in the top of the sixth inning. This time, uh, a pretty decent rally gets put together with two outs. Owen Miller reaches on the fielding error from Anderson Simmons. And this error, like I said, all these mistakes lead to runs. Andres Jimenez would walk behind him. Andres Jimenez doing a decent job of getting on base. He was on base twice yesterday. He was one for three with a hit and a walk. So it's really helping that on-base percentage that continues to make his OPS look a little bit better for a guy who still is struggling at the plate. And then Austin Hedges gets a little revenge. He was up earlier with runners on and flew out deep to left field. This time, he doubles down the left field line, drops it in the perfect spot down the left field line. Owen Miller scores, and this is the one where Andres Jimenez has a tiny stumble coming around third base. I don't know if it's the lip of the grass that caught him or just, you know, making sure he hit third base, but he gives a little stumble, and that's enough to slow him down, and they throw an absolute strike home to Jeffers and tag him out there to end the uh, sixth inning. And, of course, Garza would come in from the bullpen, strikes Cave out swinging, and then gives up the solo home run to Ryan Jeffers who absolutely hits a monster shot to left center field into the bullpen there. So they tie the game up. Now, the 10th inning, the Indians' bullpen, you know, they're able to hold it down. Blake Parker comes in, pitches pretty well, uh, really is working that split change. Karinchek comes in, he struggles, gives up a hit, but that's it. He's able to get out of it. Blake Parker is the only Indians pitcher not to give up a hard hit ball on the day. Whitgren comes in, pitches the ninth inning, gets out of it, comes back to pitch the 10th, and really, really gets into trouble here in the 10th inning. We blow it. I know a lot of people want to blame DeMarlo Hale because he didn't bring Classe into the game. They want to blame Nick Whitgren because he gave up in one and two-thirds three hits, a run on three walks. So they want to blame Whitgren. I'm telling you, the Indians absolutely have this thing set up for a win in the 10th inning. The runner that starts on second base is Ahmed Rosario, which still sounds ridiculous to say that a runner starts on second base. Jose Ramirez would ground out to short, so he can't advance. Fermil Reyes, who struggled all day, would uh, strike out. And then Bradley Zimmer would strike out to end that threat. In fact, I'm pretty sure that... uh, I know he hit into one double play. I feel like Fermil Reyes actually hit into two double plays in this game. And, uh, man, just really, really struggling at the plate for Fermil Reyes right now. And that's just, yes, Fermil Reyes would ground into a double play in the third inning to end the third inning. And then coming back in the fifth inning, he would ground into a double play again. And then again, with a chance to impact the game, he strikes out in the 10th inning. I feel like we're going to have to have a conversation about Fermil Reyes' struggles recently because it really has been, uh, and it's hard when their cleanup hitter is struggling this much. Then the Twins get their chance in the 10th inning. 
Uh, a single, they don't send, it's Ryan Jeffers, the catcher. So a single from Nick Gordon. Uh, they do not send the runner. It's runners on the corner. They intentionally walks Mac Kep- walk Max Kepler. So one of those walks was an intentional walk. Then he gets Ref Snyder to ground the ball to Jose Ramirez, who makes a really intelligent play by stepping on the bag and throwing home, getting two outs there, getting a great double play himself. And then Polanco gets a changeup down the middle at the thighs and lines it into right field for the winning run. So takes the first pitch and leaves no doubt, gets the job done. So do I completely blame Nick Wickren? No. I think there's enough blame to go around for everybody on this day. So Indians Twitter got all mad at DeMarlo Hale, all mad at Nick Wickren. And I tweeted out last night, like, there is plenty of blame to go around. Whether it's Fermil Reyes hitting into two double plays. Whether it's, uh, you know, Oscar Mercado and Owen Miller who couldn't get any hits behind Bradley Zimmer, who was on base three times yesterday. Bradley Zimmer is really... Frankly, he's replacing the the uh, you know the production that you were getting from Harold Ramirez in that fifth hole. He really is. I mean, Bradley Zimmer. We're gonna have to look at that and see what he's contributed since the All Star break because I think it's pretty good. Uh, so yeah, Quantrill not being able to really co- command the strike zone like he has since the All Star break. A lot of things led to this breakdown. A lot of things led to this loss. And like I said, we should be racking up wins against the Twins instead. We take the loss here. So we'll see if the Indians have a little fight, a little bounce back in them for the next two games in this series. It's going to be Eli Morgan on the mound at 8 o'clock start again. And then on Wednesday, it's going to be Plesak on the mound. So Morgan still looking for that second win of the season. All right, that's all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Boy, what I thought was going to be a short episode turned into a long one. There was... A lot to talk about, and we did talk a long time about the starting pitchers in Major League Baseball since the All-Star break, which Cal Quantrill has definitely been one of the best. All right, again, the final from Minnesota. It's the Twins 5, the Indians 4. We'll be back tomorrow to talk Eli Morgan. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.